Welcome back to another episode and a new week on the Granny Panty Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. Don't forget to hit subscribe before we get started. And also, if you'd like to follow me, you can go to rubylynn.com. This week's guest is amazing. She's been in the business 23 years. Not only did she start right off in adult content, she eventually formed her own studio and her own websites and currently is working on a project where she has developed her own CBD line. Help me welcome Sarah J. Sarah J is in the house today on the Granny Panty Podcast, and I am so excited to get to know you better. I formally met you at ABN in January. Um, I just kind of sidled up to your booth when you were signing, and I just wanted to say hi to you. But thank you so much for joining me today and taking that time. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me on. How was your AVN? Um, As compared to other years, I've been kind of asking folks that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, just to be honest, like I think I'm over it. And not just me, but I feel like the whole thing is kind of antiquated. You know, especially having like a little break and everything kind of gave me a moment to like reflect. Mm-hmm. And there's really no need for an AVN Expo anymore. Okay. You know, um, AVN Expo was uh, always like a place where like all the large companies would come and show off all their products and all their like biggest hits for the year and their new stars and all that stuff. And we don't have so many big companies anymore. Most of the smaller companies are well represented at Exoticas where it's a merchandising uh, show. So you can actually profit. Uh, Vegas has never really been a great profit of a show for many years. You know, you weren't even allowed to sell merchandise. So even selling things is kind of new. And I think a lot of people that are in Vegas, they don't want to pay that kind of money to come into an expo and then have to pay to get autographs or pay to get, you know, merchandise and stuff. So um, I think that it needs to be revamped, if not just like let go and maybe we just keep the awards. It just feels like it, why are we doing this? There's so, I, and I, I'm only three years in this industry. It was uh, my first AVN, but I did feel like there's so many independent creators and I think fans have access to, us creators now through, you know, OnlyFans and fan sites and that kind of thing that I I think you're right. I personally was a little disappointed, but then I'm used to the Exotica style of an event Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's all in one big room. And so that was kind of frustrating for me, especially if I wanted to go talk with someone that was signing, okay, are they at the AVN booth in this room? Are they across the building at this one? It was, yeah, it was a little hard. Yeah, you know, it's been kind of disjointed the past, you know, ever since they moved it to the Hard Rock, it felt a little bit disjointed where everything was like in all these separate rooms and stuff. And that was a hard hurdle to come over anyway. But now it's disjointed. It's at a new venue that is obviously not very friendly to us because, you know, it was very hard to find Expo. It was very, very hard to find Expo for fans and stuff. So... I also think, you know, just in a business sense, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't have one next year. Like there was so many years, you know, what there was like, what, two years without it. 
And, you know, that's how AVN derives a lot of their income. So I think they pulled it together to have this show. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, those days are numbered. Interesting. Interesting. Well, will you be at Exotica's this year? Are you doing any of them? I have um, a CBD line and I'm kind of prioritizing that this year. So um, I'll be attending a lot of the uh, expos that are related to my business. Awesome. That is great. So that's a great segue. I had that on my list to ask you about. So tell me about your CBD line. Yeah. How did that all come about and how did you get that started? I've always been, um, you know, an advocate uh, for the cannabis industry and somehow tied into um, the culture in, you know, a lot of different ways. And when they were able to legalize CBD by, you know, doing all the research and extracting, um, now they can extract like all these different uh, chemicals out of it to, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, that just is proof that legalization forwards progress when it comes to like research and plant medicines and things like that. CBD is a wonderful, you know, chemical that um, anybody can enjoy. Moms, kids, grandparents, dogs, cats, you know, uh, it's, it can be beneficial to anybody. And um, I started using CBD for sleep, uh, like CBD gummies for sleep, uh, probably like maybe five or six years ago. And, Mm -hmm. um, I attended a CBD expo, I think it was in 2019 or I, yeah, I think it was 2019 here in Miami. And, um, I just got a lot more information on how I could start my own CBD line and, um, maybe bring relief to a lot of my fan base and, um, kind of like educate them and turn them onto that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because marijuana is not legal in Florida, correct? Uh, we have medicinal medicinal okay mm-hmm. okay but no just general like we are here in Oregon <laughs> right that's right you're in Oregon I used to live in Oregon I lived in Oregon for eight years wow yeah. darn I, I missed you then when you were here <laughs> yep well that's great and what forms so do you have you have like gummies you have liquids how how I do you- don't have any ingestibles as of right now I have only topicals so I have like a bath bomb I have a pain relief roll-on uh massage oil and our favorite the personal lubricant um right. yeah a lot of uh, CBD brands don't offer a personal lubricant but to me it was really important for my fan base um and not only that, but it's wonderful. It is actually a really, really good, especially um, I find a lot of joy out of it when I'm using it by myself. So like when I am and stuff, I really, really like to use the CBD um, lube. What it does is it kind of like awakens uh, your labia and your clit by um, increasing circulation and... Yeah, it you feel it. You definitely feel it. It feels really nice. Um, it's subtle, but it's definitely um, a really nice addition to, you know, any kind of like personal play. Right. Oh gosh, that sounds amazing. Do you think you'll expand into edibles? Eventually, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, I'm sure maybe not because you're only in it three years. But like, uh, there's always like some you know discrimination and stuff when you're dealing with. 
um, industries that are like outliers. And one of the biggest problems that we have in adult as well as in the cannabis industry is banking. So when the banks say I can, then I'll be able to, <laughs> but the, yeah, the yeah. banks put limits on to, um, what type of products you can sell. I am pretty familiar with that. Actually, a good friend of mine opened one of the first uh, cannabis stores when it became legal here. And I do remember they had to like finance their house to get the money, but they couldn't say it was for that to open the store. And yeah, it was just all this crazy workaround. Yeah. What's crazy is this stuff's legal. What we do is legal. What, um, you know, I'm doing is legal, but uh, they make it really, really challenging. They do. They do. Uh, which is why I use a local credit union. Yeah. <laughs> they ask less questions, I think. For sure. But awesome. Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to have to try that. You can order it online. You can. I've got sarahjcbd.com. And um, if you want a little education, you can go to Sarah J Self-Care Collection, where we have a lot of information about CBD and cannabis. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to check it out for sure. And I will link that as well. Thank you. When this podcast goes live. <laughs> so let's talk about Sarah J. I am just super curious to know how you got in the industry. I like to ask every guest, you know, what was your progression? And then one question I want to have you dress because if if my records are right, you've been in the industry about 22, 23 years. Yep. And at what point were you a MILF? Because you were dominating the MILF, you know, arena in adult. You I mean, mean my anybody says name. MILF, <laughs> we think about Sarah J. And so, ah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I started out being a MILF. Um, yeah, I think maybe about my third scene, probably. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, I think, have a lot of discussion and debate over what that means. Um, but for me, it was a body who was mature, someone who has a matured body and doesn't look like a child or a teen. And um, that was always me. Like I've always had big butt and wide hips and, you know, I had kind of decent sized boobs before I got them done. And then when I got them done, I got huge boobs. So yeah, I, I, from the time I started, I looked like a MILF right away, you know? Okay. And tell me about like your first scene. What were you thinking? Like, how did you get into it? Did you answer an ad? Did you know somebody? It's really, yeah, it, I think everybody's story is unique and different. And, um, you know, mine no less. Uh, I was stripping and I really enjoyed it for a long time. And as it got to be old, uh, and I didn't want to go to work anymore. You know, you can always tell like when you need to make an exit out of something by your feelings, you know, and like, I would be like later and later before I would go to work, you know, I might supposed to be there at nine. And before you know it, it's 10 and I'm stalling and it's 1030 and I don't want to go. And uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, exit strategy. What am I doing? And there was a lot of things about stripping that I liked and um, some things that I didn't like, you know, I didn't really like having to deal with so many people and so many girls, but I also like being viewed as a sex object. And that kind of tapped into um, part of me that I never really tapped into before. I didn't really think of myself as sexy or, you know, having much 
sexuality at all. So it kind of mm-hmm. like awakened that in me. And um, I also really like sex like a lot. I was, uh, I got married very young. I got married at 19 and um, I knew that that was not the only man I wanted to have sex with my whole life, you know? (laughs) So um, I thought, well, you know, how can I explore my sexuality and have a lot of different kinds of sexual experiences that maybe my husband's not totally into and still keep it professional, make some money at it. And, uh, you know, being that I was trying to get out of like stripping, you know, stripping is like, I say get out of it because it's, it's like a hard thing. You know, it's like, once you start making like so much money, it's like hard to find another job without formal education that's going to provide that kind of income. So then, and also fun. Like you're like, okay, this is like a decent job, but there's certain things that are like on my nerves. So I started asking. Every job has that. Say what? (laughs) Every job has something that gets on your nerves, no matter what. Absolutely. You know, I put some thought into it and I was like, I wouldn't have a problem doing porn like at all. I didn't really watch porn, but I love to fuck. And I love, I love to have, beep. (laughs) I love, I love to have sex. And I also, uh, just, I really felt like I had a mindset for it. Like I was able to kind of compartmentalize my personal life, uh, separate from, you know, anything else. And I don't think that everybody can do that. And, uh, I feel like is, silly as that sounds, I feel like it's a talent, especially for this business, you know, to be able to separate and compartmentalize your feelings and your desires and, um, you know, your on-camera activities. And uh, so I started asking around and I found some girl who was in the industry and she didn't really help me a lot, but gave me a couple names and I did my first scene. And uh, I was so excited. It was in Vegas. And um, I was just like over the moon about it. Like, I was just like, yes, this is it. This is it. And it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Like, whoever put us together, like, the the other male talent, um, he was brand new, too. And neither one of us knew what we were doing. And I was like way overzealous. I definitely scared him to death. Like we couldn't even finish it. So um, that scene, I don't even think ever got released. But then my first scene that got released was also um, from this girl uh, that I wish I could remember her name, Celeste. That's all I remember. Um, But yeah, she had directed me towards another company and that was based in Vegas. And I did uh, my first scene with them, which was probably one of the only scenes that was not a MILF. And it was called 18 and Eager and um, had natural breasts. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful, but uh, I didn't really understand the concept of what my job really was. You know, like, I think everybody has, like, um, maybe a delusion of what it is, you know? And I definitely thought that I had to do, I I had to be the 
best at sex. That's what I thought is that I really needed to perform. Like I need to do the best job I can do. And um, the poor gentleman, he finished up in about three minutes. And they were like, oh, well, we're going to, we still need like 30 minutes of film at least. I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. I was just like, yay, done. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, you know, we had to kind of like shoot the whole thing over and it wasn't like a bad experience at all. It was just like a kind of awakening, like, okay, th- th- that's, you're good at what you do, but maybe a little too good. <laughs> So um, you got to fluff them along a little bit, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of draw the whole situation out, you know? So yeah, you know, uh, that kind of was like kind of a dead end a little bit, you know, nothing really led to anything after that. And I was still kind of pursuing everything. So, um, I had, Mm -hmm. I like to tell this whole story, even though I could shorten it up. I like to tell the whole story because it lets you know, like, where we are technology-wise. Good. I want to hear it. I had my husband take Polaroids of me in our bedroom, um, like, just up against a white wall, just plain nude Polaroids. And then I took those Polaroids to the library, which I walked to. I walked to the library. And I took them to the library and I scanned them in onto a floppy disk. Oh and my gosh. I took that floppy disk home. And, you know, this is the infancy of the internet. So um, there's not um, a lot, if any, pay sites at this point. And most, peop- most companies have sites, but they're just like informational. Like you could go to like hustler.com and you would see just like maybe the front pages of their boxes or the front pages of their magazines. And so I was sending my pictures to webmaster at webmaster at webmaster at, and um, I would go through like magazines and stuff. And if I saw like anybody's email address, whether it was a producer, a photographer, uh, editor, anybody related to these publications, I would Mm -hmm. send them also the same pictures with like a little copy paste email, like, you know, and, um, I got a email back from a guy named Mike Hammer, who, uh, was producing the exotic dancer awards that were held at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And at the time I was living in Vegas. So I was like, Oh, that's right up the street. Um, he's like, well, if you want, he's like, I don't know everything, but you could come up here and I'll introduce you to everybody that I know. And uh, we'll just see how it goes. Now, the exotic dancer world doesn't isn't quite the same as the adult industry as far as like you know porn goes, but um, they do have a lot of crossover. So uh, that's what I did, and I spent like the whole weekend up there and met tons and tons of people. And um, shortly thereafter, that was in August of two thousand and one. Wow. Now we all know what happened. September 11th, 2001. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, Mike lived in New York. He was visiting from from New York to Vegas to produce the show. And he had contacted me right after that and was like, 
do you want to come up and uh, you can stay at my place and there's I've got I'll line up a bunch of shoots for you and um, you know the only thing that I ask you to do is just shoot for me for free while you're here I was like sure because I wanted to do it so bad and uh, he was he was already a man true to his word so far and he was really enjoyable to be around and friendly and a lot of people liked him and I felt like I was in a good space there was going to be another girl there and uh, that's what I did. And so like my first like run was basically in New York doing like mostly like fetish stuff, like, you know, bondage or like foot, foot play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from that experience, I am a great networker and I keep like, you know, everybody's email addresses and phone numbers. And um, when I was ready to go to LA, I had people to call and people to contact. And um yeah, that's what I did. I would go and, you know, shoot for some companies. And in between, when I went to LA, shoot for some companies. And in between shooting, I was sitting in Jim South's office, which is like the only agent that we had back then. I didn't even realize that he was an agent, to be honest with you. I didn't, I was just like, oh, this is this, I don't know, this place where everybody meets up. Because <laughs> everybody would come to his office and just like meet up there, you know, if you were a producer, a director, and you know, you had a cancellation for the day and you needed a new female talent, you would just go to his office and see who was sitting there and grab him off the couch. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, that it was a cool experience. Awesome. And, you know, uh, I have no regret, no regrets. <laughs> I love how proactive you were and just driven. Yeah. You know, I can kind of relate to you on that because I'm very driven <laughs> and uh, I do not give up. And yes, I'm always, you know, looking for emails and I'm always, you know, texting our mutual friend, Lainey, like, do you have contact information for this person yep. or can you give them mine? <laughs> but that is awesome that you did that. And then in 2017, you decided to do your own studio, right? I did it probably a little earlier than that. Uh, what year is okay. this? This is it was it was like twenty three. It was probably about nine years ago. So yeah, okay, eight or eight or nine years ago. And you know, I was already okay. I started my own website right away. I was probably one of the first solo girl websites, and that just came about even before I quit dancing. A uh, photographer was like, mm-hmm. you should buy a URL. And I was like, what's a URL? <laughs> right. And um, so, yeah, I bought my domain. And, yeah, I always was producing content for my site. Wow. But then um, I w- decided to do it a little bit more formally. I had a couple, you know, videographers that I was working with regularly and um, we started shooting other people not even with me sometimes and um, Mm -hmm. I got a distribution deal with uh, Pure Play Media and uh, released my first DVD which was um, I don't think I can probably say it but you can probably look it up (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and wide side. So tell me about how that came up. You know, how did you pick your name? I kind of have an idea, but I want to know the truth. Yeah. You know, besides like the obvious, like, you know, I've, I've got a real wide side, um, wide <laughs> angles. Like, you know, you have to, you have to, yeah. if you're going to shoot me, you got to shoot in a wide angle also. <laughs> but then, um, that's right. you know, honestly, it, it was kind of like, uh, 
throwback to like wild style, which is um, like mm-hmm. a graffiti style and, you know, um, just mm-hmm. some imagery that always stuck to me through like urban culture and stuff. And we tried like a few right. different logos to make it look kind of like graffiti and stuff. And we kind of like mm-hmm. ended up getting away from the graffiti a little bit, but um, ended up making the W look like whatever you want it to be. It could be your chest. Yeah. It could be your butt. It could be your nuts, whatever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's such a unique name that, and I love the play on the spelling. Thank you. Thank you. So, Current day, how often are you shooting? Are you shooting every week? Um, are, and are you still shooting for other studios or just for your own? Yeah, I still shoot for other studios occasionally, um, primarily Naughty America. Mm-hmm. But with my company, we usually shoot about a week out of the month. And okay. Yeah, we'll okay. shoot like five or six days out of the month generally. And then, you know, just to, for, you know, my normal Sarah J stuff that, you know, fan Mm -hmm. content and things that I need to shoot solo by myself. You know, I sell, I sell things like panties and shoes and stuff. So we do that probably Mm -hmm. about two days a month. So it's, it ends up being about a week on camera. Okay. Okay. And do you have an OnlyFans as well? Okay. So you've got both. You've got the, your, you know, your independent kind of studio and then your own solo stuff. Do you shoot with other creators for your OnlyFans or is that all strictly solo? I do, but like not for OnlyFans specifically. Like usually <clears throat> what I do is if I am shooting a professionally shot scene with my videographers at mm-hmm. a location, we put that content on either sarahj.com or wideside.com. And then the behind the scenes okay. footage gets put onto um, OnlyFans. And uh, then personal sex footage also will be on OnlyFans, Mm -hmm. but that's all like very like amateur shot just with phones and nothing, nothing too. I love that. That is. And, you know, I, I think that that's pretty cool for the fans to see like what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in my off time, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, and I also think, well, I know my fans on OnlyFans love that, you know, where they just get off the cuff stuff um, because I did a little uh, test in that I did, when I'm at events, I shoot more with the phone. Hey, I'm getting ready to head over to X, Y, and Z. And, you know, would you like my outfit? I will see my income go up nice. that week, which is funny. Yeah. So I got to make myself do well, it more. That's great because it's safe for work content that gets spread further. Right. Right. And yeah, they like it or, you know, try ons. They love it. I got this outfit. What do you think? Let me try it on. But Mm -hmm. what do you think is your biggest challenge that you're facing right now in the industry or with your career? Not enough hours in the day, not enough people to help me. (laughs) I, I feel your pain. Yeah. You know, like I honestly always feel like I've got a million great ideas. And just not enough time mm-hmm. or energy to execute them all. Like, mm-hmm. I, I literally have, like, a list of things that I would like to do. And there's just not enough time. Yeah. And, you, you know, you have to kind of, like, just pick and choose, like, what what you want to do. You know, like, the CBD, like, when 2020 happened, 
I hit that list mm-hmm. up hard and I was like, all right, we got time. What are we doing? <laughs> and yeah. And, um, the first thing that I really pursued was the CBD line. That's something that I had been wanting to mm-hmm. do for about a year or so. And I was like, now's the time go. So yeah, yeah, I just wish that I had more time and more of me. If there was like about four or five more Sarah J's, that would be great. Cause I have a lot of things I like to do when I'm not working too, you know, like I have a dog, I have like a big garden and yeah, like I have a lot of stuff that I like to accomplish, you know? You have a real personal life. Yeah, like I like, and I do like to do stuff, you know, I go to a lot of festivals and music things and food festivals and Mm -hmm. I like to play with Legos and I do little art projects and stuff, but also I have to work. (laughs) Well, and I'm not even, even a 10th of have as many businesses and things as you do. But funny enough, right before we did this, I have a girlfriend that just lost her job in the corporate world. And I text her and I said, Hey, you know, while you're off, if you want to make some cash, I could really use somebody to upload videos to clip. Absolutely. (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly doing that kind of stuff. Like, Oh, you need money? Let me know. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, you're serious. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I got to go on a podcast. I'll text you later. But yeah, I'm serious. (laughs) You know, um, like every now and then we'll get like a young person in the office um, to like help out just doing like the most mundane stuff, but it's like, it has to be done. Like papers need to be shredded. Sticker packs need to be made. Boxes need to be folded. You know, like, yeah, the the shirts need to be, t-shirts need to be ironed and folded and put like a sticker on them and stuff, you know? So it's like, there's so many different things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I need to, I need to upload teasers to Pornhub. I need to upload to a clip site. I need to schedule OnlyFans. I'm going to hire her. She she doesn't realize it. (laughs) So looking back over your career, what would you say, I love to always ask kind of the off the wall questions. What do you think was your biggest failure and what did you learn from Mm. it? Because we know how successful you are. You rock. You are amazing. Uh, What didn't work out? I feel like, and I I don't want to say it's a specific failure. It's probably just like a character trait that, probably causes me more harm than good. And that's procrastination. I am a terrible uh-huh. procrastinator. I will procrastinate, procrastinate. Because <laughs> I'm always trying to do too much, you know? So then things end up get, falling right. by the wayside. And yeah, I'm an awful procrastinator. And I wish that I wasn't. And like, either I'm like at the last minute of the last hour, like putting it together or I'm canceling it because I screwed up. Yep. You know, you, you just, it's the law of averages with me. You know, you have to like screw up less than you <laughs> succeed. <laughs> or sometimes they call that throwing mud at a wall. Let's sticks. see what yep. sticks. But how do you prioritize? Do you have an assistant that helps you with um, that? I have, I have several people that work for me. I'm very, very, very fortunate. Uh, but as far as prioritizing, I kind of just do it myself. Like for me, It's interesting because it came up with my trainer at the gym and we were talking Mm -hmm. about the exact same thing. And it's like, I do really well if people are depending on me. Mm -hmm. So you are depending on me to be here today. I'm here for you. You know, like I need to have that kind of like pressure a little bit that 
um, what I do is affecting others. So the fact that I do have several people work for me actually helps me because I'm like, oh, I have to do this because if not, she's not going to get paid. You know, like whether it's I have to take panties pictures and wear the panties because I have to sell the panties because my assistant gets a portion of the panties, you know, like, yeah. So like um, in my mind, I always prioritize things that affect the most people first. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that answer. I'm going to remember that. (laughs) I have ADD and some days the squirrels are running amok and I'm just like, "Ah," you know, and and usually the podcast is what gets priority because I know I release it every Tuesday. Because you've got all these listeners waiting for you to release it on Tuesday. Absolutely. And I'm the same kind of way. Like the more people that are like subconsciously like pressuring me, you know, like the the more I show up. Yes. I, yeah, for sure. So if you also looked back and could tell your 20 or 19 year old self something, knowing what you do now, what would you tell Sarah, baby Sarah J? (laughs) Wow. Jeez. There's no need to get married. (laughs) You know, uh, and I don't regret my relationship with my ex-husband at all. It was a wonderful part of my life. I learned so much from him. But mm-hmm. the actual, like, signing of documents, totally not necessary. Mm-hmm. Totally not necessary. There was, like, you know, we weren't having any children together. We didn't have a lot of assets. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could. I, I kept on doing it, like, in my mind. Like, cause we were going to be together regardless. And Mm -hmm. I think I did it to change my name. And because I didn't want my, I didn't want Mm -hmm. my father's last name. And yeah, I could have just gotten a name change. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, true. I've had a few name changes. I'm outing myself there. uh, But you know, the thing is, too, you mentioned you're 45, I'm 56. The era that we grew up yep. in, though, that was what was expected. You know, you graduate high school, you either go to college or you don't, but you get married, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing. And and luckily, I, I believe that society's kind of shifted to yeah. current day. I mean, one of my adult kids has been in a relationship for, you know, seven, eight years, and they have kids, and they've not chosen not to yeah. get married. Works Absolutely. for them, you know. And You know, um... I didn't like, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I didn't have like a lot of like family pressure to like live a normal Mm -hmm. square life. Uh, so that's cool. But I think even in the backgrounds, like kind of don't know what to do with yourself when you're, you know, just we're human, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you're in a relationship with somebody, you want to progress in that relationship and you want to like, Mm -hmm show them that you are serious and that you love them and that you you mean what you say. And we weren't really taught any other way to do that other than get married, you know? So I think, cause it was my idea to get married. (laughs) It was my idea to get married. And like, I, I think that for me, it was like, there was no other way to show him that I loved him more than right. that final commitment of getting married, you know? But in right. now that I right. am a full grown adult and I look back on it, I'm like, 
you know, when you're really ready to get married, you don't need to be married. Yeah. Right. Like you're already committed to this person. You don't actually need the papers. Like who cares what the state says or, you know, the government or whatever. Yeah. Right. I a hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, it makes total sense to me. So I also like to ask my guest for a granny panty tip of the week. So what is a tip that you, it can be anything. It can be uh, time management, health, beauty, someone getting in the industry, any kind of tip that you think is just really important to tell okay, so I gotta viewers. I got to be a little cheeky because this is the granny panty podcast. When you said a granny panty That's tip. That's right. When you, right, exactly. I, when, uh, when you said a tip, a granny panty tip, my first thought is me on these. You ever, you ever worn me undies before? They're no. the best granny panties ever. Like, they're, it's okay. a brand, super soft, come in a bunch of different styles and shapes and with fun designs on them. Whenever I'm like around at the oh house, I put my granny panties on and yeah, it's fun. So uh, besides that though, <laughs> I'll go with your gut and like really pay attention to your feelings because your feelings are going to tell you exactly everything that's going on. If you find that you, just like I was saying when I was a dancer, like you find that you don't want, you're struggling to do something every, every week Mm -hmm. you're struggling to, you know, I don't know, you hate get you hate driving like every time you have to drive you're like oh god I hate driving god I hate driving I don't want to get in a car I'm gonna be sitting there forever you know what throw that out don't drive anymore take an Uber right have somebody drive for you but the thing is is like you're not gonna drive well like because you're miserable right you know and it's like that that same thing kind of goes with anything in your life you know just pay attention to the way that you feel about something because that's what you really need to focus on if you don't like the way something is you're never gonna like the way something is that's never gonna change it's probably gonna get worse and um it allows you to kind of like take a step back and be like okay this situation is making me feel this way i don't like it and what can i do Mm -hmm. to alleviate this problem. And I, I use that with literally everything in life, whether it's a pair of shoes that I, I find incredibly adorable, but they're killing my feet and I just try to avoid them. Yeah. But you know what? They end up staying yep. in the closet. Cause you're like, Oh, they're so cute. But then every time you go to put them on, you're like, Oh, maybe not today. Or they cost three hundred dollars. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, but like, maybe you should just sell them or get rid of them. You know, like the thing is, is like right. you're never gonna like those shoes. You know, like you're never gonna like those shoes. Yeah, yeah you know. So if you find yourself uh, around people that you kind of dread, often they call you and you hit decline. They call you hit decline, decline, decline. Guess what? You kind of don't like those people. Maybe you shouldn't hang out with them. Sometimes we don't have these like conversations with ourselves and it's not until your like Mm -hmm. actual feelings like bring them up. And a lot of times people are just like, they don't even pay attention to their feelings, but you can actually act on those things Mm -hmm. that you're having feelings about. Mm -hmm. 
Your tip brings up a couple things that really hit home with me because I don't know if you know my story. I was a full-time social worker for six and a half years and then worked the adult industry as a as my side hustle for two and a half years. Well, last April, so almost a year, I gave up that job. I dreaded mm-hmm. it. I was so burned out, you know, and just couldn't wait to clock out so I could yeah. go cam or go make video or whatever. And finally, uh, the income, you know, from the business outpaced the social work. And so, yeah, you are totally right. If you, if you're not feeling it or you hate something. Yeah. And I'm sure there was probably a lot of times where you were maybe feeling guilty or like, oh, I went to all this school and I spent all this money and time and effort and energy and I built a career and I've got a great job with like good benefits, but I hate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt guilty because I'd have my personal laptop up and I would be working only for, <laughs> you know, between clients. But that is such a great tip. Of Thank course, you so much. As we, as we close up, um, tell people where they can find you. Um, well, if you don't know already, you can always go to sarahjlinks.com, which is my link portal. And um, pretty much everything I do is on there, whether it's selling T-shirts or shoes or panties or my scenes or, you know, anything that I'm doing. I've got a video game. I got all kind of stuff. It's like the one-stop Sarah J shop, you know? I love that. Yes, I do that same thing. I have one link and it's like, it's all things Ruby. Perfect. (laughs) So all things Sarah. That is so awesome. Any final words, anything that we should know? I know the CBD is your focus yep. this year, you kind of said, building that. Uh, what's the, will you be at Exotica Chicago or are you waiting more for like the 420 yeah, Expos? Yeah, I'll probably be at some 420 Expos. I'm looking at the Mary Fest in, um, in New York and um, I've got some okay. relationships with some dispensaries there. So uh, that's most likely what I'll be doing cool. um, around 420. But I will be at the New Jersey for sure, possibly the D.C., but okay. I'm releasing a new site this year, uh, Wideside.com, which is just oh. the scenes that I've produced and directed and I'm not actually in. So uh, really looking forward to getting that uh, off the ground running. But yeah, that's about it. You know, like I, uh, I'm i just taking this opportunity that we've had in the past few years to kind of like reorganize and refocus. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 22 years is a lot. It's a lot of time in this industry. It is. You know, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do. So I feel like maybe uh, maybe easing my foot off the gas on the adult stuff is is okay for this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And you have just built such an such an amazing career. I really Thank look up you. to I you. So it. well, thanks again for taking the time. Uh, to be on my show, I was excited to just chat with you because, you know, AVN didn't have nope. time for that. And so- <laughs> That's another thing we need to do at AVN and more networking, you know, like it really lacked a yeah. lot of networking too. It did because I, for me, we use events to shoot content with others because in Portland, Oregon, sure. it's dry out here. I mean, there's a there's maybe a two or three handful of creators, but they aren't necessarily mm-hmm. in my niche either. So, you know, it's dry. So when we go to events, we use it. So if you're shooting content, uh, I did some live streaming with Chatterbait. I mean, but it just the time yeah. was gone. But you are right. I wish yeah. more networking. So we'll yeah. put that out there. But 
thank you so much. And I look forward to checking out all of your links and your new yeah, site. Yeah, thank coming. you so much, Ruby. It was a pleasure. It was wonderful to chat with you.